Well, Father, we thank you for your presence, and God, we do, as a people, um, surrender everything to you. Our fears bow to the name of Jesus. Our insecurities bow to the name of Jesus. Thoughts of quitting, giving up, dying, they must bow to the powerful name of Jesus. Mm. And today, God, we just surrender our hearts to you completely. God, we just say, have your way, even as we get into the message and the word. Father, I thank you that you are doing something in our midst, and that, God, we just want to catch up with what you're doing. (laughs) And so, Lord, we surrender even to your will, your purposes. And as you taught your disciples to pray, may your kingdom come and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we love you and we surrender to you. Lord, make this word come alive and penetrate. Let it not return void, but God, let it accomplish in our hearts what you wanted to accomplish. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, today I'm going to uh, share in a message that really the Lord put on my heart when we were on vacation. And I realize as a reading plan that right now we're actually in 2 Corinthians chapters 3 and 4. But I'm going to actually back up, um, back into 1 Corinthians and uh, share this week and next week on uh, something that the Lord has been emphasizing the last couple weeks. And uh, it has to do, so I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 eventually. But I'm going to lay a lot of framework, and the, the, the message part's going to be fairly short. The building up of creating need and, and why I'm going to share is going to be pretty heavy on the front end of the message. And then I will finish, hopefully, next week in landing a plane somewhat. We'll see. So uh, God's good. But when I was in, on vacation, um, just before I went on vacation, the Lord had me reach out to several people that had not been to church for a while, and we were in the process of reading 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And it really ties into even what we shared last week. And so I really want to start with a prophetic word that, that, that we shared last week. And I'm going to jump into some other prophetic words that God has spoken over New Covenant. But I want to go back to the message or the, the prophetic word that the, the prophetic team gave, gave us back in January of 23. Of this year, 2023, all hands on deck. And uh, I just want to read this again, and I'm going to kind of use this as the metaphor today to teach what's in my heart. But it says, all hands on deck. Like a ship, everyone has their job to do to allow the ship to function in its full capacity. God spoke to me that going this next year, we need to have all hands on deck. This meant that some individuals will step out of places, positions where they are currently, and they will move, (coughs) excuse me, and they will move into new positions. Others would stay in the positions they have and increase in influence and authority. And so last week, bear with me. Last week, we shared a little bit of one of those transitions and positional changes with Shelly Hansen, who is transitioning, going to be transitioning out of next gen, her next gen pastor role. 
And as she shared last week, she's not leaving, but the Lord is changing her position where she's feeling led to move out of NextGen and move into um, women's recovery, emotional deliverance, and, and women who are addicted and that kind of thing, and into some coaching. And so we shared that, about that. And so Shelly, Megan Krause, and Tiffany Youngquist have really been working behind the scenes for several months, actually. And they're working hard to, uh, to be there all hands on deck as God is calling them to begin to steer uh, the ministry, their ministry and what God has called them to do in that area. So they're being all hands on deck. And so we also shared last week how my son Joel Haler and his wife Michaela will be relocating back from Tennessee. And Joel is going to take over Shelly's role as uh, next-gen pastor and he's going to transition and move into that role. And so he's becoming part of the all hands on deck as well. And the youth team, I thanked God for them last week, but the youth team has, is all hands on deck. And they're, they're, they're going to hold the youth ministry together until Joel gets here in January. And, um, and so thanks, Sam. And so all hands on deck uh, is happening with the youth ministry team. And so we need to be praying for all these different transitions and there's probably different and there's probably more to come because when God gives you a prophetic word like that there's more changes that are going to come we don't know what they are necessarily right now but that God always moves people into different roles and responsibilities as the spirit of God begins to deal with people's hearts and so we're we're thankful for that but we really need to be praying for Shelley's transition and uh, Megan and them on the the the, the recovery because there's a lot of work that goes into preparing that and getting that ready. We need to pray for the youth team. We need to pray for Joel and Michaela as they prepare to change and come back to Indiana. And so we need to be praying for those transitions because the enemy is always good at contending what God desires. Is that not true? Have you ever found that in your own life? You think, oh, I've got the mind of the Lord. I'm doing this. And then all of a sudden you start to get resistance. So the list is a prophetic word to, to, to encourage us that uh, about what God is doing. So on October 29th, we, we, we mentioned it, but we're going to have a dinner in honor of Shelly for serving five years in ministry uh, for the youth ministry. We're going to have a dinner. And if you want to help with that, you can see Sarah Hughes or Kim Dickerson to help with that meal. But I'm also encouraging you during this time as we prepare for that, I really pray that you will seek God on how you're to give for that women's recovery ministry, but also just towards planting a seed in Shelley as well. And so be praying about that over the next several weeks as we prepare for that, that meal that we're going to have. So, but today's focus, what I want to focus on today in my message is this all hands on deck and really, uh, what does the term all hands on deck mean? And why is God using this as a metaphor to speak something to as a, us as a church? Because he's using a ship as a metaphor for us to get a message about all hands on deck. And so what is all hands on deck? Because the term is actually a naval term that has been used for, for long, for history and history and history. And so I looked it up, and it is a naval term that is to call for all members of the ship's crew to come to the deck. And it was usually in a time of crisis when they were being attacked, or there was a need to communicate to everyone about a mission. And so there's this metaphor of all hands on deck 
meant that everyone needed to man their post. The situation as the all hands on deck, I remember playing the game Battleship. What was it? Alert, alert, all hands on deck. And, and, and it, it was part of the Battleship cry even in that game, I believe, if I remember correctly. I haven't played that in a few years. But it's a situation where it requires hard work to accomplish a task is what that all hands on deck means. There's no job too small. There's no situation uh, that it, where it, it needs all of us to come to hand. Now, one thing I do know, it, the church is probably in a, in a more critical position than probably the church even knows. America is in probably a more critical position than we ever realize. We don't know what's behind the next door or the next season, do we? And so the Lord is alerting us to something that may we may not even know why he's alerting us to it. But he's looking for a response from his people. And so some in, if you were court-martialed, if you didn't get all hands on deck, if you stayed in your bunk and slept, you, you would be disciplined within the, the naval academy or in the naval, uh, you, you would actually be, you know, disciplined. Now, we're not going to discipline and whip you by any stretch. But there's a call that God is doing, and maybe there is, maybe, maybe there is attack that is, is looming. Maybe there is something that's going on that we're, never, that we're not aware of. But we need to be led by the Spirit of God. God is making a declaration, all hands on the deck, for a reason. Can I please have an amen on that? And this all hands on deck is going to require hard work to accomplish a task. And it's going to require teamwork. It's going to require a unified effort. And all hands on deck had this, 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 this thing about it where it was calling everybody to unity. And that united, they would stand or divided, they would fall. And I'm reminded of several, oh man, this has probably been 20 years ago. There was a gentleman in our church, uh, Ron Gideon, who had a, um, had a vision of New Covenant, and they were advancing the church. They were advancing the kingdom of God, and they were pressing forward, and there was a cliff on each side, and the body of Christ was linked arms and arms, and in the vision, it was a powerful vision that, that has stuck with me. And as we as a church, as we linked arms and as we marched forward in unison and in unity on the mission that God has called us to, the kingdom of darkness was just constantly being pushed back, and they were being pushed back more and more. But as soon as we quit linking arms and qu started looking at each other's defects and problems, and we started to look at what was wrong with each other, instead of staying unified in our efforts, then the enemy began to push back us, and we began to retreat. And so there's this call in all hands on deck where there's a real unity in the season that we're in where God is wanting to do something to propel us forward in his call and his purpose. And so all I can say is it, it, when I look at 30,000 feet as a leader and I see what's going on in a lot of people's lives, I see the division that God is, or that the enemy is trying to do in marriages, yeah. in families, yeah. 
in friendships, in coworkers, in the people of our relationships, and even in the church. And so I say, don't let the enemy divide your marriage. Don't let him divide your friendships. And don't let him divide your church. Can I have an amen on that? Amen. All hands on deck to bring the kingdom of heaven to the earth. And so I want to show you a video. I'm hoping that Chad was able to get it. Oh, he was able to get it. I'm going to show you a video that really ministered to me as I was meditating on this metaphor of new covenant being a ship and all hands on deck. And I want to, I want to give you an ex explanation of the video just a little bit to kind of set the stage. So in this video, it paints a picture of us as a church, as a ship, is what I'm going to use. And there's a volunteer crew who takes this large, mini-sail ship, and they're taking it to Antarctica. And the crew is all volunteer. And, each, and, and they pay to be on this, cruise, this ship, and each one of them have a job to make sure that this ship gets to Antarctica. And so watch and pay attention to all the different roles and what the people say as they're teaming together in unity for the purpose and the mission to get this boat from where they're at all the way to the cold Antarctica. So go ahead and show it, Chad. It's a little long, but bear with me. It's good by the time you get to the end of it. Whoops. Maybe. Starting in Spain. about the journey. Yes.
Anybody afraid of heights? Fun. That's what we look like in the church. God, you're so creative. People who are into what I'm into, doing the same thing that I'm doing. And our journey is we have a mission and a purpose that God has placed us on, and it's not just to get to heaven. Can I have an amen on that? Yes, Antarctica was beautiful, and heaven's going to be beautiful for us all. But there is a mission and a purpose under heaven. And the prophetic word, and I wanted to use that because the prophetic word, again, said everyone has their job to do to allow the ship to function in its full capacity. And so I looked up the word job, and the word job means a task or a piece of the work. Everybody say, I'm a piece of the work. Non, I'm a piece of work. (laughs) That is true. I am a piece of the work. Amen? And work is an activity involving mental or physical effort done in order to achieve a purpose or a result. Now, let's use this as an example. We all know, I'm, I'm going to, my wife's in here, so this will be, she'll appreciate this example. She did not know I was going to do this. How many know children's ministry is work? Anybody that helps in children's ministry, will you raise your hand? Thank God for you. Amen. That you're pouring into kids and discipling the next generation. Yeah, you guys are awful quiet. We all know that children's ministry is a work. 
Amen? It is a physical effort done in order to achieve a purpose or a result. Is that not true? And what it is, is parents need us to do that work. Can I have an amen on that? Parents, are you glad that there are people back there doing that work? Because what does it enable a parent to do? It enables a parent to get in the presence of the Lord here in this, this sanctuary, worship, hear the word of the Lord, get strengthened in their inner man so that they can raise up radical, passionate, aggressive lovers of God in their children. Can I have an amen on that? That's one of the purposes, that you're giving your, the parents a break so that, and, and we're helping the parents disciple their children. It is the parents' job to disciple the children, right? And we are helping disciple those children as they come back into ministry. Is that not true? All right? And so this is a great example because we help their children and we help raise them up as God lovers. But it is work, correct? Discipleship is work. Evangelism is work. Worship ministry is work. I loved it when I came in this morning and Alexander and Cohen were back there on the video team. And I asked for the clicker and they're back there getting the PowerPoint ready and all that kind of stuff. Everything, it's, it's work. Ministry is work. Can I, does anybody realize it's work? Yes. Winning the lost is work. Why is it work? Because I have to get in their lives. I have to go where they're at. I have to be in their life. I, they have to be in my life to make a difference. Evangelism is work. Discipleship is work. Worship ministry is work. The worship team gets up here, and they have to practice during the week, but they get up here early in the morning around 8 o'clock-ish, and they're practicing so that you can encounter God. And they create an atmosphere of praise. The, the, the prophetic team and the altar team are in the, in the conference room. They are here way before any of you get here, laboring in prayer, seeking God, asking God for direction, laboring over this house, praying over every chair. Work for the kingdom of God to keep advancing. Are you guys thankful for that stuff? It's stuff that you don't see. Work. Everybody say work. work. But the Lord put in my heart when I was preparing this, what ship, what kind of ship are we actually going to be? And I'm going to use a play on words today. I'm going to play a word with the metaphor of ship. And I'm going to ask us today, what kind of ship are we going to be? Are we going to be a war ship? To fight spiritual battles and help set people free, fighting and laboring in prayer and worship to see others free, the work of setting people free, the work Shelly and Megan and Tiffany are journeying on with the Rub Recovery House is a work. We're going to need to help them make meals. We're going to need to help see that that ministry goes forward. We're going, it's going to be work. Do you hear me? Matter of fact, Shelly goes, I don't know what I'm getting myself into. You're getting yourself into Work, a job. And it's going to take the army of this house and other churches in the community to support that recovery house, to see that thing, to see that thing flourish. But what is it? It's a worship because there's women caught in addiction who need deliverance and bondage broken. Can I have an amen? amen. The emotional healing team that we have here, what is it doing? It's taking your hurts, habits, and hang-ups and, and bringing God into it, the lies and the, and the trauma that you've been through uh, in your childhood or last night with your husband. <laughs> 
whatever trauma it is, that, that God brings truth to those lies and he brings freedom and deliverance. So are we going to be a warship where we help break spiritual bondages on people's lives? And maybe that's part of the ship you're going to be on. Or maybe, just maybe, we're going to be a rescue ship. I call it a salvation ship. Will we be a people who do the work of evangelism by getting people saved and rescuing them out of the darkness and out of the waters of sin, brokenness, and introduce them to Christ? A salvation ship. It is work. Everybody say work. It's work to reach the lost. Or maybe, maybe there's another ship that we need to look at. Maybe a discipleship to disciple and teach others. The work of meeting with people and teaching them how to read the word of God and how to obey God. To train and help others grow in their walk with Christ. Teaching young children, teenagers, young adults the ways of God. Will we disciple husbands how to love their wives and wives how to love their husbands? Will we disciple and teach them how to serve one another and how to love and how to obey? How to serve one another in love and put the other one first. Will we disciple a new Christian in the word of God? All this is work, work, work. Everybody say the word work. And God wants you to be a part of this work. All hands on deck. Everybody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Now you say, well, hey, I'm not called to the church mountain. We're all called to the church mountain. You realize that? Because we are called to the body of Christ. We are part of the body of Christ. Now you may have an emphasis in another direction, but I promise you it will be, you will be plugged into the church to see that accomplished. Well, there's another ship metaphor that I want to use. What about the other warship? W-O-R, warship. Our audience of one. Anybody want to have an audience of one? Will we train up minstrels and worship leaders to not be performers, but to be worshipers, to bring God the glory he deserves, the work of bringing worship to this region so that we can create an atmosphere of God's presence and his freedom? All this is work, and maybe you're supposed to be part of that work. What work is God calling you to enlist in? I could go on and on with ship metaphors. I could say there's a help ship, a food ship, a serving ship, a health ship. I could play that and go on and on with what kind of ship are we going to be. But the ship has multiple purposes, multiple functions, multiple things that we, the body of Christ, are to be, correct? And it's all hands on deck is the cry from God. Or if we don't heed the cry of the Lord and all hands on deck, we could become another ship. Guess what ship we could become? A cruise ship. A ship that's all for my pleasure. No work involved. Just pleasure and food. How many have been on a cruise? And you can have as many meals as you want. You can be a glutton of gluttons. People serving my needs and wants in the church. A smorgasbord of programs, food, and fun for my pleasure, entertainment, and my growth. It's all about me growing, right? Well, the warning I do want to declare today is that's what the American church is quickly becoming.
I mean, that baby's agreeing with me. <laughs> Church hopping to get the best programming and entertainment. Moving from Carnival Cruise Line to Royal Caribbean Cruise Line to find the best deal and the best value for my buck. But I want to remind us, everybody take a deep breath. I want to remind us of what our mission is. I want to remind us of why you've been placed in this church. If you call this church your home, this is the great commission that we are all called to. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And he was now transferring that authority to who? Us. Therefore, he says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. I sure, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the earth, in the very end of the age. I want you to know, I am not trying to build a big church to satisfy my own needs as a leader. My desire is not to build New Covenant Worship Center. My desire is to build the kingdom. My desire is to obey Jesus Christ and what his mandate and his mission for this ship is to be. Can I please have an amen from you? Amen. And we need your help. Amen. We need your help in this ship. Now, the way our team has broken down Matthew 28 with our mission statement, we're going to read it together. We've taken this and we've broken it down into what our, our, our desire is. And I want you guys just to all read this with me. We are raising up radical, passionate, aggressive lovers of God and people from the next generation who will love deeply, serve sacrificially, speak truthfully, live holy, and go globally in the supernatural power and presence of the Holy Spirit, calling all people to confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. How about we read that again? We are raising up radical, passionate, aggressive lovers of God and people from the next generation who will love deeply who will serve sacrificially, speak truthfully, live holy, and go globally in the supernatural power and presence of the Holy Spirit, calling all people to confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And it is going to be all hands on deck. And what part of that piece of the puzzle is God calling you to? You're going to, I believe God is going to speak to us. He's going to show us. Because if you're in this house and you've called this place your home, then you have a work to do and a calling on your life that only you can do, and you have gifts and anointings and things on your life that the body of Christ needs in order to accomplish the mission and so that we can function in full capacity. Amen and amen. And so now what I want to do is I want to go into 1 Corinthians chapter 12 today, and I want to begin to talk about gifts, and I want to begin to lay a foundation of how we're wired and what God has called us to be and to do, and to see the role that Jesus has for all of us in this ship, and what he desires, because I want to bring to Jesus the inheritance that he deserves, and that is more sons and daughters. 
And I, I'll be honest with you, through the years, I have been about equipping, but it's, it's really not been about bringing more sons and daughters into the kingdom. It's been about maturing the body of Christ has been my focus. Maturing, uh, discipling, and, and um, uh, uh, oh, I can't even think of the word. Equipping, this is a word I couldn't get, get a hold of, equipping the body of Christ for the work of the ministry. Because we know, and we've quoted that from this pulpit many, many times in Ephesians 4.11. It was he who gave, gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip the body of Christ for the work of the ministry. And so we could put this as a equipping church or equipping ship. But that's what our call is, is to equip the body of Christ. But let's start breaking down. I want to break down 1 Corinthians 12. So if you have your Bibles, go to 1 Corinthians 12. If you don't have your Bible or if you have an electronic Bible, you can open it to there or you can see it on the wall here. And we're going to read about how, now, we, now we're switching from a ship metaphor to now Paul is going to use the metaphor of a body. And so here's where we're going to go. And we're going to talk about this. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many members form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many parts. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not the hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, that would be funny looking. Where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, you have been placed in this body, every one of you, just as he wanted them to be. If you call New Covenant your home, you've been placed in this body and you have a job, a work, a part in the body, every one of them, just as he determines. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts of the body, but one body. Verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. You cannot live without them. There is no weak person in the body of Christ. There is no insignificant person in the body of Christ, whether you're a toilet scrubber or whether you're a preacher or a declarer or an evangelist. There is no indispensable part. Can I have an amen? amen? And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. So this is talking about how we treat each other in the body of Christ. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together. Everybody say that with me. But God has put the body together. God has put the body together. 
God, I thank you that you have put in this, you have put this body together. And there are parts of this body that are estranged in a way. Bring them back, Father God, and bring those who need to be added to the body. But Father, I thank you that you have put this body together. You have given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its part should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. We're almost done. Verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. Now there's some gifts here, and there's some offices here, and even up in chapter, or in this same chapter in verse 8, it goes over the gifts, the nine gifts of the Spirit of wisdom, word of knowledge, uh, healing, uh, prophecy, uh, miracles, healing, prophecy, discernment, um, tongues, interpretation of tongues, and uh, several others. And, and I'm going to get to that, all that stuff next week as we talk about what gifts are and, and gifts and that kind of stuff. And I'm going to go over these gifts. There's a couple other places in the Word. Romans 12 talks about different gifts, and I'm going to pull from that. And there's also in Ephesians 4.11, it talks about gifts. Because we want you to understand the different gifts that there are that the Bible talks about. And you may have some of those gifts and those callings. You may have the gift of leadership on you, which was... Uh, uh, it's not in that one, it's in, in Romans 12, the gift of leadership. You may have the gift uh, 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 of giving. That's another gift that, that it talks about in, 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 in Romans 12. And so we're going to go over all those gifts and because we want to help you, know, you to begin to see what all the gifts are. There's about 18 or 20 gifts that I'm going to talk about. Uh, and I'm sure it is not an exhaustive list. I think some people have the gift of aggravation, you know, I mean, but that's not listed in the Bible. Come on, guys, have a little lightheartedness. But there's a gift of encouragement, and there's all kinds of different gifts that the, body talk, that the Bible talks about, and we're going to get to that next week. But I want to set a precedent. I want to set a foundation that we all have gifts, we all have callings, we all have a work, and we all have a job to do in this church. And we think we can just come and sit and partake of the ministry, take, take place of the worship. But we've got to mobilize an army to affect the city. Yes. And we're going to link with other churches in this community who are part of the body of Christ, and we are going to do some things for Jesus. And we're going to see some things take place in our city. I believe there is going to be a revival in our community. I believe with all my heart God is positioning us for some radical salvations. We've already seen, we've water baptized over 30 people so far this year, and, we need, and we're going to have baptized one more today. We have a great couple that's been coming to the church uh, here just recently, and the, and the wife is going to get water baptized today after service. And if you want to come and be a part of that and watch that, I would encourage you to do so. 
But that is, if, if we were to have a revival that took place in the book of Acts or Azuzu in California, there is, we would all be discipleship makers. We would all be pouring into people. And we would all be doing Matthew 28 that says what? Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. We all have to be on board for that. You're going to reach somebody that I can't reach. Right? Right? God, be with us. So here's what the Life Application Bible Commentary says about this scripture that we just read. And I'm going to read it. Every believer has a, at least one spiritual gift. A spiritual gift is given to each of us. Everybody say gift. Yes. It isn't deserving a gift. It is a gift is given to you. Every believer has a gift. The gifts are not to cause division among the believers. It is not to cause jealousy regarding who received a particular gift when another person desired that gift. There have been people who have desired my gift, but don't have my gift. There have been people who have desired, bless Apostle Lynn Furrow. They've wanted his gift, but they are not his gift. Can I, amen. You, 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 we've seen that in the Old Testament when David tried to put Saul's armor on. We all try to put somebody else's gift on because it looks good. It's, it, it, it's like, wow, I want to do that. We all have different gifts. Gifts. And there's no jealousy regarding the gifts. There's no rivalry over the use of similar gifts. Instead, God graciously gives spiritual gifts as a means of helping the entire church. God gives spiritual gifts as a means of helping the entire church. The gifts are given to help the entire church. Spiritual gifts are not for private use or a badge to be worn proudly. Instead, they are to be used publicly to build up the church. Some gifts help those in the church to grow closer to Christ. Other gifts bring outsiders into the church. Others help to encourage those in the church who are carrying burdens. All these gifts are needed for different needs. All these gifts are needed for different needs require different kinds of service. So it is important to know how you are gifted by the Holy Spirit to be the hands on deck, all hands on deck. So what I'm going to do, how am I doing for time? Okay. So what I'm going to do, as you can see at the end of this passage, it talks, uh, starts talking about apostles and teachers and miracle workers, people who have the gift of miracles on them. Are, and, and it talks about tongues. It talks about guidance or counsel. Helping, the, the, the gift of, of helps is, is in serving others. These are all part of the gifts that I'm going to break down next week. But the word that stuck out to me, and I want to back up to it, is the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. When we're talking about the gifts, and we're talking about you getting in your right place, we need each other. We were never to be outside of communion and relationship from each other. I think of how much I need my wife. The first, my, the, the first church is the church that represents Christ is the, the marriage. 
and how much I need my wife and how much my wife needs me. But the word need stuck out to me. And the word need means that something is required because it is essential. And I think what the enemy does is he accuses us and he makes us think that our gift or who we are is insignificant. Has anybody here ever felt insignificant or not enough? Like other people, they have more a, a higher importance or a greater gift or they are more significant than I. The word here, the I cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. I think of what the hand performs, but what the hand cannot perform without the eye. What is that? I cannot grab something I do not see. Right? You don't know where to go, yeah? I don't know where to go. I have no clue. Without the nervous system, which is the Holy Spirit, even guiding our bodies, we do not know what to do or where to go. And so when we're talking about transition and all hands on deck and that people will be put in different roles, as Shelly moves out of this role and Joel moves in it, Joel's going to need help, right? Shelly's going to need a lot of help. She's going to need help in the women's recovery. And I, I loved what my wife said the other day. She goes, because I don't know about you guys, but my garden this year went nuts. Did anybody else's garden do great? Weeds did. <laughs> Sean, the Bible says you're supposed to pull the weeds. <laughs> My garden was a bumper crop. And Karen has been canning green beans. She's been canning all stuff. And our neighbor, she's been going to the, uh, out to an orchard. And we've been getting free apples. And she's been doing applesauce. And she goes, it just dawned on me, Eric. She goes... I'm going to help feed those ladies in the women's recovery. We've got more than we need, and we're going to help feed the women in the recovery. I said, boy, the women in recovery will like my green beans. <laughs> but she was starting to think about her gift. She was starting to think about the part that she plays in helping women's recovery. And you guys, what is your part? You may be handy with a hammer. And, or whatever, or you might have 10 acres sitting over here where you go, I think the Lord wants the recovery house right here. Who knows? But what piece of the puzzle are you in the body of Christ to help bring about ministry, to help bring about what God's purposes and his plans? Do anybody believe that we need a recovery house in Newcastle, Indiana for women? Yes. Yes. A couple of you do. Three or four more. If you don't think that chemical dependency is a big issue and life controlling, I went to a prayer meeting. Alger and I went to a prayer meeting at the jail here a couple weeks ago. And, the, and, and John, the sheriff, he was saying, guys, please pray for us. We are overwhelmed. Our officers are burnt out. There is so much need and there's so much, you know, they're jaded because of all the garbage that they're going through right here in the city of Newcastle, Indiana. Yep. Drugs. Addiction is a real issue. Everyone has a job to do to allow the ship to function in its full capacity. So just like Shelley and Megan and Tiffany, God spoke to them. I was at the meeting when God spoke to Megan. It was the five-fold fellowship that Sam talked about. That group of five-fold is having this conference in October. That's a group. We're hosting it. It's the five-fold doing the conference. It's not New Covenant doing the conference. What is it? It's men 
and women hearing the voice of God to start a five-fold fellowship and to do a conference, and they're doing it, and we're going to host it. But they're obeying God. Megan, Shelly, Tiffany, some others have heard the voice of the Lord. I want you to do this recovery. We all need to be hearing the voice of God on what he wants us to do. McKinley has felt like American Idol is what she was supposed to do. And she's singing her heart out. Amen. I loved it, loved it about a month ago. I met with Chris Hansen, and Chris Hansen was going, dude, I just feel like the Lord wants me to do a men's Bible study. And Tony Stewart, it was like, you know, yeah, I feel it too. And so we're getting, they're getting, they're getting ready. And in November, you're going to have a, a guys are going to meet on Saturday morning. Why? Because guys are feeling that they've got to obey God. They have to obey God. That they get there, there, that we need a men's Bible study. We need a, a time where men can get together and be men. Yeah. And so every other Saturday, they're going to pioneer a group, and we're going to go through a book, and that's coming up in November. You'll hear more about it later. But what I'm thankful God is speaking to people's lives to get in their positions, to get in the job that He's called them to do. Yes. Shelby and Michelle, Shelby Willis and Michelle Stewart have done the women's Bible study on Wednesday night. Any, any of you ladies been enjoying that? Aren't you glad they obeyed God? I love how uh, Chris and Ray McGlover and Robin Heidi Simmons, they have once a month, they have a small group that meets up at their house. I love their feeling led of the Lord to do a small group and get together. I love how Higher Realm, uh, Sam and Christina Lenz, they, they, they do Higher Realm and they felt the Lord moving upon it to do that. I love that. I love how Jeff Hughes and Michelle Hughes on Monday nights, they have a group in their home and they're doing discipleship and how are we going to reach the lost? And, and it was a burden on their heart. And what are they doing? They're obeying God. Don't wait for us to ask you to do something. There's no way I or Tom can steward the call of God on everybody's life, but there is something God wants from you. We need to pray. Is there anything stirring in your heart? A lot of times what happens is you see a need. Remember, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And usually when you see a need, what most people do is they come to me and say, Eric, there's a need here. And I quickly flip the tables and say, great, are you going to meet the need? If you recognize the need, is God wanting to use you to help minister for that need. Because what happens is we then abdicate our responsibility and we give it to Pastor Eric or Tom or somebody else. When actually the reason you're seeing the need is because God probably wants to use you and your friends around you and your relationships around you to meet that need. But what we do is we become a cruise ship and we try to get other people to do it. So here's what I want to say. Will you begin to ask God, what is my part? The prophetic word of all hands on deck. I've laid a foundation here, and I'm going to go into the gifts. I'm going to go into the things where the, the things that the, the Spirit does supernaturally to people as a gift. Now, you have natural gifts that God has given you, but we're not talking about your natural gifts. I have a natural gift with numbers. I, I don't know what it is. From a financial standpoint and from telephone numbers, 
I can remember my phone number as a kid, 987-7009 from Spiceland. I mean, why do you remember that number? I mean, nine years old? Come on, really? I mean, it's just a natural gift that I have for numbers. But there's supernatural gifts that we're going to talk about. Supernatural empowerments that God does by the power of his spirit that he's given you and that you need to be operating in. And what we're going to do is we're going to help you discover those. So here's what we're going to do. We are going to pray before we leave, but here's your action plan. So get your phones out and take a picture of this. This is what we're going to do as an action plan to get started. Next week, come back next week. I'm going to talk about all the gifts of the Spirit. I'm going to briefly talk about each one and what they are. I'm also going to talk about two camps. And there are two camps in the body of Christ. One camp who believes the, the gifts that I'm going to talk about have ceased. They're called cessationists. And they believe they've stopped at the apostolic age. And I'm going to debunk that. And then there's the charismatics or those who believe that the charismata has continued since the apostolic age, which is the camp that we are. And we're, I'm going to talk about those gifts and their empowerments that the spirit gives as he determines. And we're going to go over those. But here is your action plan for the week. Oh, I didn't finish that. Oh, yeah, I did. I backed it up. <clears throat> Here's the action plan. I want you guys to submit yourself to God this week. I want you to pray and talk with God about what is your part of all hands on deck. We need each other. And what work are you to do to help this ship function at its full capacity? I want you to talk to God about it in your devotional time. I want you to seek his face. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I want you to ask the Lord this week. Spend extra time with God asking God, what is my part in this ship's function? The second thing is you can sign up today in the back. There's a table and Sam Lunt has agreed to do this and you can sign up for a spiritual gift assessment. It's a lot of questions. You can do this with your kids or you as an adult. Do, if you want your kids to get plugged in, we have teenagers who are working video and there's teenagers and stuff that work other areas. If you want your kid to know what their spiritual gifts in, Sam has agreed to even help with your children. But you can, you can either take the assessment with you today. Sam has made some copies of it. You can either take it today with you and you can fill it out and start your discovery this week. Or you can wait till October 10th, which is a Tuesday night at 7 p.m. And Sam is going to walk people through these assessments. We want you to discover your gifts. We want you to understand how God has wired you and help you to get plugged in. And you to start, help you start asking the right questions on where has God gifted you in the gifts of the Spirit. And then number three is I want you to read these scriptures this week as you pray about your role. I'm going to preach from Ephesians 4.11, Romans 12, Romans, and 1 Corinthians 12 as well, on the gifts of the Spirit. And I'm going to show you about, again, 18 to 20 gifts. Some of them are called different things. And I've went back into the root word in the Greek to determine each one if it's a different. But at any rate, there's about 18 or 20 gifts that we're going to talk about. And as you can tell, 18 or 20 gifts, it's going to be mountaintop. I can't cover a lot of them in one Sunday. So we're going to give you an idea of what they are. <clears throat> and I will teach on these different gifts of the Spirit and bring more clarity. And then our church reading plan, we're still in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and 6. So I encourage you to do a hear journal on verse God highlights and memorize James 120, 121.
Amen. Please stand up with me. Last week's memory verse was, brothers and sisters, take note of this. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I hope you're listening. I hope you're listening to the Spirit of God as he is saying all hands on deck. And I thank God for the prophetic team. I didn't know the significance when they gave us that word back in January of how there would become so much transition and change. And I'm excited about the transition and the change. I'm excited about what is God going to do. And so, Father, I thank you today that you spoke months ago about this transition. We we had an idea that Shelly was wanting to transition God. We were working through that. But we were clueless on Joel and and other things. We were clueless of to what you were going to do. But Father, today, God, we are thankful for your presence. We're thankful for your word. We're thank you. Thank you, God, that even that prophetic word is a sign that those gifts have not ceased. (laughs) That you're still prophesying. You're still declaring that you have a will. You're still declaring that you have things for us to do. You're still declaring that you want us to do the work of the evangelist. You're still declaring you want us to disciple. You want us to be a disciple shift, a ship. You want us to be a rescue ship. You want us to be a worship ship. You want us to be a warship. You want us to do those things, God, that you've called us to be. And now, God, I thank you that you've put everybody in this house that you want. And I pray, God, that you would bring more in from the north, south, east, and the west to help us, God, move this ship in the direction you want it to go. So, Father, we surrender. And I just pray that this week you would give everybody an inkling, that you would begin to deal with them on the inner man, that you, God, would begin to stir their hearts on, God, the part of work that you want to put their hands to, that we would get to plowing the fields and reaping the harvest of bringing people to you and discipling the nations and calling all people to confess you as Lord and Savior. Father, be with us this week. God, we thank you for who you are. Thank you, God, for how you're stirring people's hearts. And God, we just surrender and say, God, may your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. God bless you. Again, if you want to go with us for the water baptism, we're going to change clothes and head to Krista's pool. So see me if you want to get baptized, and God bless you, and have a great day.